1: Broadcasting on DAB and
0: via the internet 24 hours a day. In the name of Allah, the gracious, the merciful. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. May peace and blessings of Allah be upon you. Oh, you're joined by myself, Rahil Ahmed, and Fahim Nasir as my co presenter. How are you doing, brother?
2: I'm good. I'm enjoying this very, very hot weather.
0: <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> yeah. You've got, uh, I think, much more to come. And next Sunday, as they say, you know, yeah. it's, it's going so to it be. So, like 35. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wow. let's see. We don't get it often, do we? So. The
2: one month in the year. Yeah.
0: So, <laughs> as always, I mean, we bring you. Um, Two topics uh, for today's uh, program for today's two hours until six o'clock that we're here. In the first hour, we'll be discussing African youth uh, investment needed to prevent brain drain, um, and that is, of course, uh, speaking of the immigration of skilled nationals uh, from their, you know, uh, from their country that they were born in. Yeah. To seek a better life, and in the second hour we'll be discussing Islam reform needed, and and in that hour we di- we were talking about, um, you know, uh, is there a need for reform? Is there a need for reform, and and, and, and what is it needed, uh, you know, for the reform to actually take place? So stay with us, um, as both of these topics are of course very inter- in interesting and. Um, we're going to learn a lot as well because we have, uh, you know, um, guests, you guess, guests yeah. who, who who would come on and and give their opinions and give the expertise there on on these topics. Um, of course, hey, voice of, at Voice of Islam, we 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 give you the Islamic uh, understanding, Islamic uh, point you know view, uh, right. point of view, emphasis on on the issues or the topics that we bring forward, um, specifically about. Uh, this topic of brain drain and 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 uh, you know african youth um, actually immigrating to first world countries um for better life um, yeah. islam actually you know places great emphasis on on love and loyalty to one's nation um you know the holy prophet peace be upon him have uh, you know reported to have said love of one's country is is, is part of faith and uh, countries around the world are competing for resources. We know that, and 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 prime among those resources is human capital. Yeah. Um, every year, you know, highly trained professionals migrate out of uh, Africa, leaving the country in an acute shortage of skilled professionals, despite the investment in the human capital. And I don't, th- I don't think that. Of course, the topic is around African youth, but I don't think it's just Africa. Is yeah. it? I mean, we've got ev- every third world country. Um, you know, we see that. Uh, you know that the the opportunities in that very country uh is not bright for those you know uh for those um excelling brains yeah. right for for for, for the in, in individuals that excel in these studies um what, what's, what's your take on it
2: Well yeah um so I've learned about brain drain first time from this show. So I thought yeah. let me, let me let the listeners know about the actual definition of uh, mm-hmm. brain drain. Yep. It's the emigration of highly trained or qualified people from a particular country. So it, It's as as we said, we're competing for so many different resources, Mm -hmm, and one mm -hmm. of those is human capital. And think about it: if uh, think about it in the context of a football team, if your best players all go to the other team, Mm -hmm. uh, you know you're not going to be as successful. And it's it's kind of that principle, isn't it? Of uh, yes, people leave with the intention to come back and make things better, but Mm -hmm. because when they go there, they. Get access to to more jobs mm-hmm. um, and and more security. They end up staying, and mm-hmm. you know this this. I think we're gonna discuss it a bit later what what the causes are and and you know some mm-hmm. some solutions as mm-hmm. well and, and how Islam thinks about it. But yep. yeah, it, it it just makes sense that you know if if the brightest minds are leaving for for better, uh, what's gonna happen to? It's a loss
0: of the of 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 that con- con- country, of course, definitely. um I mean, when talent, you know, consins- consistently leaves the country to seek, let's say, opportunities abroad, you know, it creates a vacuum in the home, you know, country's economy and, and actually uh, restricts its growth, uh, you know, a phenomenon known as, as we were referring to as brain drain uh, and, and, and the developing countries suffer the consequences of brain drain the most, uh, especially when highly skilled, you know, migrants do not return to their home countries. Um, And it is understandable that people, you know, move to seek better lifestyles and and, and excel in, you know, academics or, you know, provide a comfortable life for their families. Um, However, a nation's success relies on its people. Uh, We know that. And and Africa, we, we know that is abundant in natural resources and human talent. I think recently it was... Uh, just coming to my mind, I think Jose Mourinho. I don't know if 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 you read, read, read up on that, he mentioned about a special one. Yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> the special one. you we are speaking about African players. I, I don't know if I can I can put uh, such that up. Yeah, he was basically saying that without the uh, without the you know African players, you know European clubs won't 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 be as successful uh, as they are. Um, you know, and he says uh, FIFA, uh, you know FIFA should stop representing uh, you know, African players. Um, and, and he says there's there's abundance of talent. That's, uh, you know, that's there in Africa. Uh, he says Africa has quality players who have rep- uh, repatriated to European countries instead of playing for the motherland countries. He questioned why the black f- footballers are moving out of their country to move to Europe. Joseph Mourinho believes African countries would continue to be, uh, denied this, f- uh, you know, from becoming a world cup winner. Yeah. I, I want the world to realize he said that Africa is equal to everyone. Africans are not good; they have the ability to win any game only because most of their p- best players are scattered all over the world playing for other countries beyond their homelands nice. so So this tells you i mean this is not just an economy but rather in every aspect or every every field hmm. um you know that we know and I think he he wanted to say that one uh, one of the reasons for his success was because he had an African striker in whatever team you know he was in. Yeah. Um, so um, that was just uh, and of course some, something that I would read uh, you know up in news I thought is very, very much linked to the topic. So I mean speaking about you know students as well as other you know professionals you know leaving the continent for further education and and, and, and training, you know perhaps with the intention of coming back to develop their con- uh, you know their con- countries mm. uh, you know equipped with knowledge uh, gained from training abroad. While many of these professionals are expected to return when they finish their, you know, training and many of them, however, actually decide to stay permanently in the West yeah. because they can easily find jobs with higher salaries, you know, afford better living standards. And I think this is the same with regards to the football players that was speaking yeah. about. I mean, who's going to pay 150K or 200K a, you a know, week, a, a, a week <laughs> to, you know, so it's, it's, it's pretty much clear why, um, you know, people decide. Um, uh, yeah, or, or, or choose a better life standard for themselves, yeah. um, because they can easily find you know jobs as I said w- with higher cel- salaries. Uh, you know, inst- instead of returning to their homes to join the labor market without any op- opportunities. Mm. Um, now, countries in Europe or USA who have shortage of trained professionals, they actually allow them to fill the vacant seats at salaries. You know, undreamed well, it works of out in well Africa. For them, isn't it? Of course, <laughs> of course, and I, and I think it's smart in a way. Yeah. Um, you know, to to pick the best brains and and to you know utilize them. For the, um, I mean, that it's it's astonishing to see. I mean, w- not just Africa. I mean, going away from that, we we have an example of countries such as, I think, uh, let's say Pakistan, mm-hmm. right? You, we had um, we had an individual, um, you know, who um, I think who was um, going to be appointed as uh the finance secretary or s- some something of that sort of, of, of on, on that position right. but because of his faith there was so much uproar yeah there was so much backlash on the on the gov government that they had to denounce that yeah um and so they they, they are not just to do with they, they, are, they are also other factors as well involved especially in the third world countries that you know would relate to let's say you know. Religious discrimination, or mm. you know, um, you know safety, ethnic background, safety, you know. and all 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 of these things. Even though that some of these people want to serve, although they're li- living these in these countries, yeah. they will not be allowed to in certain c- circumstances as well. Mm. You know in a, in a in a very wider context, I'm so speaking. Um, so, I mean, do you think it is fair f- uh, on the on the African countries, let's say, for the Europe and the US to take the best brains for
2: you know? Yeah, well, I think uh, I think what happens is that um, a lot of the times people are trying to get out of a situation to provide better mm-hmm. situation, usually for their future generations as well, right? Mm-hmm. People are always thinking about their kids and mm-hmm. trying to do better for their kids. So I think that um, whether the intention is to come back or not, mm-hmm. um, I think that it's always going to be an attractive proposition if someone can provide you with more money, Better living conditions, safer mm-hmm. living conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's, I don't blame them, right? Like, why, mm. why, why would you, what would be the reason for mm-hmm. that? And, you know, so what actually causes brain drain, right? Mm-hmm. We, we've got to look at the, the things that actually cause it. And um, a lot of the times there's, there's quite a few factors things like poverty, lack of funding and infrastructure, societal pressure civil unrest um, hmm. or low employment opportunities so mm-hmm. there's loads of reasons for the brain train but i think ultimately when it comes down to it if you are offered a better life because of a skill that you have would you not take it hmm. right. that's that's
0: that, that makes a lot of sense <laughs> um um of course we'll be speaking to our guest as well very soon and and we'll, we'll be asking him you know questions um related to the topic whether you know brain drain is leading africa to losing its you know precious talent and and what is the youth's you know perspective and and, and whether that you know do they actually feel migration is the last option to a better to life and you know uh, yeah. we have many other questions that we would, we would like you know like, like to ask but but you see the loss of skilled labor um you know is of vital importance as well um, and yeah. now and, uh, you know, the loss of teachers, let's say, you know, un- undermines the ability of education systems to function. Yep. Um, the loss of nurses impairs, you know, efforts to deliver even basic health care. And the loss of other skilled professionals acts, uh, you know, it actually acts as a barrier to institutional capacity building. Um, the efficient utilization of external assistance and uh, private sector growth. Then the brain drain marks a potentially serious barrier to economic growth and uh development um you know uh and poverty reduction yeah and africa also loses about you know it it loses billions of dollars in the cost of training these people Mm. who then migrate to seek better opportunities elsewhere yeah so um, i mean in that case what do you think you know a country should be doing i mean how, how how should they encourage you know these people to come back
2: I, th- I, th- I, think that's quite one, I think it's a tough one I think it's quite a tricky question and, mm-hmm. and and to answer that, we have to first first go into more detail of, of exactly you know the causes of brain drain so for example, it has you know poverty being mm-hmm. a, a massive one. It has been reported that a number of Nigerians, mm-hmm. especially the young, are desperate to escape the worsening political and economic conditions. On average, surgeons in New Jersey earn two hundred sixteen thousand dollars annually, while their counterparts in Zambia make twenty four thousand dollars. Right, like that is a big difference. And Kenyan doctors earn, on average, six thousand dollars per annum. And it is only natural for people to, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm, seek better opportunities.
0: Absolutely. We're going to come back to that and and Mm -hmm. and discuss that further. We do have the line uh, or have on the line our first uh, esteemed guest. We have Mr. Chidi uh, Nuago, if I'm pronouncing the name correctly, who is a C, uh, serial tech entrepreneur, software developer, and co-founder of publisher, uh with this short introduction. alaikum, may peace and blessings of God be upon you, and welcome to the Drive Time Show. Yeah, hello. Assalamualaikum. Can you can you hear us?
3: Yeah, I can you hear you perfectly.
0: Thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you on. So, am I pronouncing is it Publisher, or how 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 do you pronounce this?
3: Yeah, it's Publisher.
0: Publisher. okay. Could you tell us a bit more about Publisher? Uh What is the idea behind it?
3: Yeah, um, thanks for having me on the show.
0: Thank you.
4: Uh,
3: Publisher is a digital distribution company
4: mm-hmm. and
3: we're based in Lagos, uh, and, mm-hmm. and uh, our aim is to help um, independent creators, you know, typically those from underserved and disadvantaged communities we help them to um, focus on the creating process. And we handle what we call the important business of transforming their creativity into work for them. Um, our mission is to help, you know, prevent, you know, brain um, you know, on the continent because a lot of uh,
4: mm-hmm. African
3: creatives are coming to migrating outside of the continent
4: mm-hmm. to
3: other parts of the world and, mm-hmm. and, 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 <clears throat> and search for a better life. And, you know, are, are more opportunities to be able to um, become the person they want to become, we are mm-hmm. giving them the opportunity to live here in Africa without having to leave
0: here. Absolutely. Be- before we actually move on to the second question, I, I-, I do wanted to ask uh, specifically about yourself. I mean, ha- have you yourself uh, studied in Africa, or you you had you know traveled and then have come back? What 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 is your story been like?
3: Yeah, I started my my education in in Africa, but wow. I had the opportunity to for the um, the world. I studied in, uh, in South Africa. I studied in the U.S. Um, in Turkey, mm-hmm. and um, yes, but I always come back to Africa. And the reason why I come back to Africa is because I, uh, you know, if we all leave, the question is um, who is left to mm-hmm. develop the continent? What what is left, you know, for the future of Africa? Mm. And I want to be part of the people who will help grow Africa into the continent that we wanted to become.
0: Mm-hmm. Very very interesting.
3: So. Uh,
2: What we wanted to understand was like, you know, uh, Africans, especially the youth, like migrate with the hope of seeking a better life. So do you believe that that's the correct approach or should they seek potential opportunities in their homeland?
3: Well, I feel I'm not in the place to criticize anyone, you know, who decides Mm -hmm. to leave Africa. Well, a lot of people leave Africa for several reasons, you know, some of them, you know, for um, because of insecurity. Some of them, you know, because of the economic um, um, uh, meltdown. But I believe that, um, as a person, you know, and that's my own personal belief, I believe that uh, it's wrong when you leave, you know, um, your continent to a bit, you know, to a different Mm. place, you know, uh, and never return because uh, it's just, uh, it's just, it's the wrong approach, you know, because sometimes the problem is not with the continent, but with yourself. You know, I've seen a lot of Africans that left Africa to other parts of the world and ended up not really ach- you know, achieving their uh, objectives, you know, uh, because they didn't f- focus on improving themselves or re-educating themselves or becoming a better person. They felt that changing their environment was the, the option, but when they changed their environment, they realized that, that they are the same person, and, and where they went to, you know, there's a lot of better minds, you know, a lot of greater people, and so, you know, they just ended up being mm-hmm. so-, so-, so. So I just believe that... Uh, Rather than changing your environment, you know, it's most, the first thing is to change yourself, improve yourself,
4: mm-hmm. and
3: maybe, you know, that way you'll be able to even improve your own environment. So, I uh, you know, a lot of Africans will focus on uh, what can the, con- the continent give to us. We don't ask questions like, what can we give to the continent, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's the most important question, you know, um, how can I contribute to the growth of my continent, you know, and not what can my continent, you know, give to me? And because that's not... You know the mindsets. You know of other advanced countries. You know, you know they were not thinking of how they You know they would go to a different place and you know live a better life. They thought about how can you know live that. How can they live a better life or lead a better life? You know for themselves and you know for the as well. Africa is is an amazing continent because this means that you know if there's so much not going right, you know that means that there's so much problems to be solved. You know and and. Solving a problem is the best way to become successful.
4: Mm-hmm. So
3: I see Africa as a place that has a lot of opportunities for entrepreneurs, for business owners to you know to come in, and solve problems and generate revenue and also you know get people employed.
4: Mm-hmm. And that's
3: the reason why I always come back to Africa. I'm always in Africa because I think this is the place where I can create the most impact
4: mm-hmm. and
3: you know lead uh, a life that I really you know truly want to live. here.
0: Very interesting um, and and very inspiring. Also, I mean. You've had experience working in Africa, you know, as well as abroad. Of course, we've, you know, we've, you've also, you know, you've touched upon the more, the more motivation aspect of you, you know, and the reason why you, you you know, you came back um, and, 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 and and to pursue your career in Africa. I mean, coming to the last question that I wanted to ask you is how do you see uh, the future of tech and software, especially in Africa, and, and, and what role does the youth need to play? to allow further progression uh, of this field?
3: Well, I, I think it's, uh, it's, it's a marketing field, but it's very fast-growing. You know, we have a lot of African, you know, tech in you know, we have Wave, we have cheaper Cash, you know, and there are a lot of uh, startups, you know, that are really fast, you know, that actually started in Africa and they are fast-growing and they've, you know, grown outside of the African continent. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's, you know, it's been led by young people, you know, youths, and I, I believe that, you know, Nigeria, you know, Ghana, Egypt, you know, South Africa, Kenya, these are one of the leading, you know, countries. You know, some of the leading countries that are actually, you know, in the tech field. You know, and I believe that, you know, African tech is is the new oil, obviously. And you know, our young people who become successful, you know, you know, through technology, and and they end up, you know, employing a lot of people i for, you know for for example I started my company with gear nothing,
4: mm-hmm. and
3: you know we you know we've helped a lot of people generate so much revenue and uh, and and we've employed a lot of people creating mm-hmm. you know impact that people would uh would naturally not be able to achieve mm-hmm. and tech is very scalable and mm-hmm. that's one i think that's the reason why Africa you know we need it
4: mm-hmm.
3: because you know if you look at um other industries like um uh, the food industry, the, uh, the cement industry, and other, part, uh, and other industries in Africa, like you know those industries, you realize that the scalability is not really that fast. You know, mm-hmm. you can see it's a tech company you know created today, and in, in two years' time, it's it's valued like at a billion dollars. So I believe that Africa, you know, tech is the the way forward for Africa,
4: mm-hmm. and we
3: have a lot of smart people that are interested in it and are very good at it. Mm-hmm. And I believe that, in, in you know, in the next maybe 10 years, we'll have a lot of African, uni- you know, tech unicorns. you know, not only creating jobs for people, mm-hmm. but creating opportunities for people, you know, and being, you know, more of a, a way in which we export. It's going to be like an export for us, you know, not only cocoa, we, we, we won't mm-hmm. only be exporting cocoa or, or rubber and stuff, we'll be exporting tech, you know other parts of the world, you know, um, our tech companies will will end up becoming most national companies, you know, Mm -hmm. that you know, you know, with you know offices in the U.S., you know, and you know, in in uh, India, but with headquarters in Lagos, you know, or in Nairobi or in in Accra. So I I see this as a future for Africa, Mm
2: -hmm. and I
3: believe it's one of the ways in which Africa would, you know, be able to drastically reduce its unemployment rate. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Thank you so much. I mean, it was a pleasure having you on um, and we wish you the best going forward and I hope you know a lot more people take encourage, encouragement from, your, from, from yourself and from your company and, and, and coming back to their homeland and, and starting uh, something of, for the betterment of the society. Thank you so much. Take care. Assalamu alaikum. Yes, yeah, for
3: having me and have a good day.
0: Thank you so much. Zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight is the number to call. You should call and, and, and give your opinion on uh, on whether you think you know people uh, should be allowed and people should move to uh, wherever they wish and whenever they wish uh, mm-hmm. to you know start a better life, um, and uh, or you think that people should be loyal to the country that they're born in and they should um, you know they should um, contribute the society that they live in but one thing I, 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 I did want to discuss was uh, I mean the policies that, that certain countries have now let's say the third world countries we know there's a lot of corruption and we know that that is one of the reasons why you know um, you know uh, uh, you know <clears throat> things can't progress and, and and these countries are and there's only a tiny minority of, of those in power that get to keep that wealth okay and, and 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 the comparison you know some of the rich people you see in th- these, in these third world countries is uh you can't compare it you know the the gap between society yeah. is unbelievable so i mean in in that situation don't you think it's 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 uh it should start at the o- upper level at the government level where they have you know they make certain policies in such a way where they're not just thinking about their children, or their, that's that's what we've seen with yeah. with with a lot of third world countries. You know, a father dies, the son comes, and he's you know he he takes over the country, and then you know, yeah. uh, whether it's autocracy and even even in uh, you know we have seen dem- democracy as well a lot of the countries the, the 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 you know the parents they pave the way in a way for these mm-hmm. children to take their place. In such an environment, in such a society, how I- how is it that that, that an individual who's is trying to prosper or is trying to do uh, good for the country Uh, or should should or do you think that the person should only focus on himself you know and be the change that that he wants to see in the world
2: you're you're throwing out really difficult questions (laughs) um no honestly i think it's it's a difficult one um Mm -hmm. yeah like you know islam teaches you loyalty to your nation Mm -hmm. so definitely i wouldn't do anything that would impact or anything but you well, like you said sometimes it's uh, up to the um the policy makers right yeah. to to enable people and and to stay there right they they they're obviously seeking better lives because mm-hmm. of, you know the the examples we gave societal pressure you mm-hmm. know civil unrest there are conditions that are making people want to leave and um mm-hmm. yeah I, th- I think it's a difficult one really
0: yeah i mean don't get me wrong islam um you know has great emphasis when we read the holy quran my, my migration from one land to another as well well that's that's in relation to uh, you know persecution or when when Allah Dinwati says you're not allowed to you know uh, practice your faith then you're it you're bound to you know you're, you're instructed to my mi- my mi- migrate and mm. this will happen at the time of the Holy Prophet peace be upon him yeah. that it was in sort of incumbent upon the companions to you know be with the Holy Prophet when he mi- mi- migrated um, <clears throat> now there's a lot of blessing in that and and we witnessed that with you know within within especially within our community as well. We've seen uh, you know the persecution, you know not um, not just on a on on a community level but also on a on on an individual level, people's businesses, you know whether if they were de- destroyed in their 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 shops were burned in Pakistan or something, they were able to migrate here for for a better life. they've started mm-hmm. the, and, and they were able to prosper and and they have a lot more than they 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 once had. So, from that perspective, it's encouraged. But I think, from the perspective of what we're speaking today, is, is if everybody, uh, you know, uh, s- uh, see this as the only option of, of going out to the West, and then, of course, that, that's a big decline in, you know, education uh, and, uh, you know, every other sector, you know, yeah. that country progressing. No and, 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 and the people that become in charge then of that country is, um, is, is those that are not capable. Yeah. Because the capable people have left, they and they left. And, and they're serving in uh, you know, uh, or they you know they're working in these different corporate.
2: Definitely, and and so I th- I feel like this comes down to unequal distribution of wealth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, people are going to other areas of the world because there's, there's better opportunities. So, mm-hmm. and I think that's why brain brain drain isn't a new phenomenon, right? Like it's it's mm-hmm. um, it's. You need to look at the bigger picture to to really understand it and you know you, you you when you think about this you start to ask yourself questions like why is it developing nations mm. continue to struggle yes while the first world countries remain like oblivious mm. to their plight right they, they mm. are they get are the rich just getting richer you know is the poor getting but the poorer? reality
0: is africa is probably the richest continent this you know in terms of uh, natural resources and you know exactly exa- so, so 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 that tells you that 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 the country is not ri- uh poor or you know the um you know there there are opportunities there yeah. but the people are not capable um and and the blame game has has nev- it never helps a nation okay. to ever stand up this is what we've seen with uh, with the country where where, where we've come from. Let's mm. just to not speak about Africa. The, the the whole you know issue of pointing fingers at the West and saying uh, you know you they've been the reason of our decline. Mm. You know they've been the reason. I mean, if you were capable, you wouldn't allow it to happen. Yeah. If you were capable, you won't be taking uh, you know uh, x amount of loans that you can't pay back, and those loans are only going to in, into certain pockets. Mm. You know they are they are they are not being spent on the progression of that na- nation. Okay. So this this is uh, you know. This is a reason for, you know, um,
2: nations not, you know, actually st- standing up on their feet. Definitely. And is that like, you know, unequal des- distribution of wealth, which we can learn from, right? Like, Because yeah, Islam teaches about this, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, in the economic system defined by Islam, like wealth has to remain in mm-hmm. constant circulation right mm-hmm. hoarding is is prohibited and the clearly defined concept of zakat highlights like the need for sharing a portion of your wealth with the mm-hmm. less fortunate mm-hmm. so if people acted on that I think that there would probably be a better situation in these countries which would then mm. reduce the amount of brain drain which would then mm. further the economic growth right Absolutely. of these countries
0: I mean the fourth caliph of the uh, community uh, may Allah be pleased with him uh, states um i think this is one from one of one of his uh books he said that islam attempts to create an attitude whereby the governments and the wealthy are constantly reminded that it is their own ultimate interest to establish an equitable economic system they are also constantly exhorted to be on the lookout for the for the rights of others the weak and the poor should not be denied their fundamental economic rights such as freedom to choose one's profession, um, equal uh, access to opportunities, and the basic requirements of life. The lack of this very special attitude has already caused much misery, pain, and disorder in the history of human struggle for survival. So the need for investment, you know, speaking Mm. of that, um, you know, we, you know, slowing economic growth, uh, supply chain disruptions and, and and rising fuel prices due to a series of overlapping crises has hurt Africa's energy system contributing of course I mean, we, we, we we see the effects of in mm. in the entire world here as well in the west mm. uh, you know we know where the prices are at this current time but specifically in 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 the third world country it, it it's, it's,
2: it's hit them even harder yeah so and and you know so where is this investment needed is in n- renewable energy, right and, yeah, and in education and in agriculture. So you know uh, according to a study, uh, universal energy access in Africa could be achieved by 2030 through investment of twenty five billion a year, equivalent to about one percent of total global energy investment. Right so Africa is home to 60% of the best solar resources globally but has only 1% of installed solar energy capacity <laughs> like if, if you think about this it's it's like mm-hmm. like how is this happening mm-hmm. um and then you know, while the investment required is relatively small in global terms, international competition for funding for energy projects means Africa faces an uphill battle to attract a significant increase in financing. And then if you think about it, if 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 the people, the the skilled workers that can mm. deal with this and build this within the country are leaving, mm. then it's just it's just worsening the issue, right? Absolutely. And then there's other areas of need for investment, right? Like in, in education.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've got uh, student financing and public-private partnerships, uh, you know, uh, presenting unique uh, investment opportunities. Governments can also, you know, introduce wide-scale initiatives to uh, provide loans or subsidies for higher education to low-income families. Investors can co-invest with international private, you know, education providers to support the growth of the Uh, tertiary um, education sector. Um, You've got investing in vocational training for it to be easily accessible for people as that focuses on hands-on knowledge rather than theoretical learning, allowing people to work and study at the same time. Then, you know, speaking of agri- agriculture, of course, you've got you know opportunities there too.
2: Definitely, like you know, with with vast arable lands uh, and acres of forests, a focus on rural development and investment in agriculture, you know, things like crops, livestock, forestry, fisheries, um, are powerful tools to end poverty and hunger and bring about a s- sustainable development. And along with agriculture, Africa has a high potential for making an impact on climate change. Mm-hmm. So, if if you think about all of these areas that just need this investment, um, there's it's, it's clearly there for them to, to do it. And you know, it's easier saying this than, than doing it. But mm-hmm. I appreciate that you know, with this investment, and, and it comes down to the need to invest, right? It's um, if 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 the high skilled um, workers keep leaving and they don't invest in in their own nation then there's obviously going to be that economic decline and um you know despite i'm i'm shocked by these these figures of, of um I'm, I'm flabbergasted really mm-hmm. um about these uh you know figures here that um you know 60 percent of the best solar resources globally and uh, but only one percent of Installed solar energy capacity mm. in in Africa. That's that's nuts.
0: <laughs> yeah, it just um, it's beyond comprehension. Actually, I mean, uh, um, and then it, it again, it comes down to uh, the policies, and those that are in charge. And and I think there's a big, big, um, there's also big, um, uh, huge um, emphasis in Islam of electing people that are right for that job. You mm. know and and giving this trust is 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 known as trust within islam you know um and 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 and, and our beloved prophet has actually said that sayyid al-qawmi khadimuhum that 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 one who is made in charge of a uh, of a nation is actually there to serve right yeah. so he he's he's he he has to uh, you know uh, put forward an ex- example of service um whereas we don't see the, uh, this in the third world countries we see as we were saying, you know, holding wealth, uh, you know, and and uh, and you know, basically that that money that comes, it, it goes into the, these offshore accounts, uh, you know, in the West again, yeah. you know, yeah. with the where with, with they keep keep this money where away from the people. So greed is also, you know, um, is is a huge factor. So there 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 are numerous factors yeah. uh, in, involved in in you know in a decline of a nation, but truth and integrity is is something is uh, that is at, at the core of it so uh, you know now the, you know the question of strengthening the global community um you know africa is brimming with potential we know that whether it be you know resources of human capital the continent has much to offer now it is Im- it is imperative that the nations actually join hands to help in any and every way po- possible the talk of human rights equal opportunity is not for selected nations or for the developed you know, uh, world. Hmm. To strengthen the global community, um, one should, uh, you know, feel deprived. One should, uh, w- no one should feel deprived of, of of actually options or not have access to basic human rights like education, stable lifestyle, or career options t- uh, of, of 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 choice. Now, the head of the Ahmadi Muslim community, a Mirza Masroor Ahmad Mir his helper states that. He he, he he said at one occasion. But remember, whilst at a superficial level the vast majority of countries are independent, and have formed governments from amongst their own people, yet in reality many developing nations, or those that are sometimes referred to as third as third world countries, are still heavily influenced and pressured by the major powers of the world. The powerful nations take advantage of the weaker nations and dictate their own preferred policies. And so in this way, they have practically enslaved the developing countries. Sadly, the major powers take benefit advantage of the natural resources of the poorer nations and do not give what is due right of the weaker nations in return. Thus, clear exploitation of the developing countries and their people is taking place. So this is, you know, very much clear, um, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, this exploitation, exploitation is happening. Uh, it is unfortunate, of course, and we're going to come back to that. And we're going to dis- dis- discuss yeah, that f- discuss f- further, it, of course, yeah. but we do have the line uh, have on the line our next guest. Uh, we have Doctor Hadia sal uh, who is molecular uh, biologist, founder and executive director of CSd Science Education. Uh, with his short introduction. Uh, Alaikum uh, warahmatullahi wabarakatuhum. May peace and blessings of Allah be upon you, and welcome to the Drive Time Show.
5: Alaykum Asalaam
0: Thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you on. So the question we wanted to ask you is questions actually is uh, are you did your you know PhD in the US, mm. and uh, what actually motivated you to return back to Senegal?
5: Well, yeah. So. I I did PhD in US and then in in order for me to come back, it was
0: I was thinking of
5: impact because I spent a long time abroad studying and uh, and obviously I had opportunities to stay, but what was important for me in terms of like my career was to be able to contribute back home and have an impact where I could help as many people as I could. So this is really what motivated me to come back. And when you think about like countries like, for example, in Senegal, developing countries, there are so many challenges uh, that we need to address in order to be able to kind of provide a fair opportunity for many people. So, And this is really the reason why I decided to come back, because I thought I could do better there and I could help more people.
2: Right, and so what challenges did you face in your career when, when moving from a resource-rich environment to one that lacks similar facilities?
5: Well, you know, it's it's not an easy transition. I, I don't think you ever get used to it, like, because, I mean, when you have access to resources, you could usually have, like, you know, multiple ways you could kind of solve problems because you... In terms of resources, it's not necessarily the facilities, it's sometimes also the people you meet on a daily basis. So it's when you make the transition, that's really you're kind of like dumbfounded by all these also challenges you have to face on a daily basis and having, you know, less means to kind of address it. So you have to be very creative in how you solve problems and then you have to do it in ways sometimes that doesn't take as much resources compared to d- developed countries or oh, also you have to do mostly a lot of training for like the people you'll be working with uh back home because i mean the you know schools are different in here like how people are trained are different so if you want them to work to a certain standard you have to also do a lot of training so it's very mm-hmm. challenging Mm-hmm. But we kind of try and do our best, yeah.
0: Absolutely. I mean, funding is a a critical aspect in you know creating opportunities, and uh, how can this challenge be you know be overcome in order to uh, you know incentivize skilled professionals to pursue careers in Africa?
5: Well, um, <laughs> I don't know if I know the solution about the funding issue here because mm-hmm. definitely um, something that you will notice a lot for example and it's it's at the global scale, like organization that would tend to get funding are organizations that are already well established and sometimes in like this developed country whether in the UK, in the US or even in Europe. So t- when you come here and try to, you know, get some work done, it's absolutely challenging to have access to the funding, uh, because I mean usually government here, like the local government mm-hmm. is not really funding this kind of new initiative. And for international like funders sometimes they want you to be to be established to kind of uh start funding you. So I mean, I'm not sure there's one solution, but so far what we've been doing, uh, since I've been back is like we just, you know, trying to work as much with whatever resources we have. And something that's also helping a lot is like a lot of people are willing sometimes to help freely to get some of the work done and so I mean, we're lucky enough that we build a community around you know, the work we do, people who believe in it and people who are engaged about it. So, and hopefully with times and, 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 and more impact and, and positive results, we're able to, you know, garner more funding from mm-hmm. what what is locally or international organizations. So it's an ongoing challenge, but I mean, we're finding ways and there to deal with it. Here yeah, and there to deal with it.
2: Right, and so, if you could tell us more, uh, tell us about like cST, like why did you feel the need to start this program and and what impact is it making against uh, making amongst the youth?
6: Yeah,
5: well, I mean f- for me it was it was absolutely it was kind of an obligation for me at some point to start this program because I was lucky enough, like. When I was in in Europe and later in in, in America, I was able to kind of work with different organizations that were involved in uh, STEAM education, so I garnered a lot of experience over the years, and I thought this actually would be more helpful if I kind of do this kind of efforts back home. Because here, when we come to the education, I mean, the education is, the way it's done doesn't really motivate the children. It's like it's done in a really theoretical matter, like where kids don't really experiment and we, we don't have enough scientists, we don't have enough engineers. And then, I mean, COVID is actually even showing the danger of, you know, not training for like professions that will actually, you know, be life-saving when, be life-saving when it comes to uh, sometimes certain world issues. So, and... In my case I decided that I will take the you know experience I have and I will start something educating kids starting from a young age so then we can kind of um, bridge this technology gap that existed here back home and we can uh, help uh, people to be more educated when it comes to science and later if they pick like certain kind of jobs, they will be more motivated to work in science related fields. And so far we have impacted a lot of people through the programs we're running. We have um, do a lot of team education workshops, train a lot of educators and then have actually empowered over 5,000 people and then we're organizing events to kind of showcase like the science that's being done here. And then the importance of science when it comes to like this global also knowledge economy uh, we live under. So, I mean, CSD has been like so far um, like a really important uh, project. And uh, and I'm grateful to, you know, all the people who believed in it and who've been helping since the beginning. And if we're able to have this kind of impact, it's because mm-hmm. I mean, they believe in what we're trying to do and then at the end we just want to see our communities be better and then we want to see like
0: people have a decent life absolutely very interesting and and uh, as i said uh, e- even a previous guest um it's commendable work um especially you know those who've who've decided to you know having studied having you know attained something in life gone back to serve their people uh, it's a very noble cause so uh, all we can do is may god bless your work and 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 may you see the you know the the, the success that is needed to you know scale your work so thank you so much for joining joining us
5: yeah
0: thank you thank you so much for the invitation assalamualaikum May peace be upon you assalamualaikum as- as- 687 uh we had on the line dr hadiato Tussal. um you know she beautifully explained the know the, the reasons and and also, you know, some of the challenges that 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 uh, you know uh, these individuals are facing. But I think di- 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 you know, despite that, they're looking on the brighter side. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I think serving is is at the heart of it. And I think there's something different. There's a different uh, you know mindset to these people that have actually decided to go back. It, it, you know, it goes, kind of goes beyond you know beyond the logic where yeah. you're leaving you know a better life yeah. in a way. You know. <coughs> To go back, you know, where there's a lot of issues, mm. you know, security and all these things, uh, you know, to serve these people, and and I think at the heart of all of that is, uh, you know, what what we had referred to at at at, at the very beginning, love of their country, yeah. you know, love 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 of serving their people and and seeing their people prosper so I think there there's a lot of positives to take from that as well
2: isn't it definitely like I'm constantly in awe of, of, of the types I guess we get on this show like mm-hmm. we always see these people who are so motivated and, and working towards uh, a better cause you know and it's usually selfless and and that's what I kind of see like you know you can easily um, set yourself up somewhere and, and live a really cushy life right is, absolutely is, and, and to, to think about others and, and to actually you know Um, invest back as as we were saying because you know investment is the only way and um, Mm -hmm. both our guests today have have, have shown that Um, so it's been really pleasing to hear Mm,
0: absolutely so I mean talking of um, you know investments um, you know how investments will help um, uh, you know first world countries need to you know come together to create a solid Um, You know policies and invest in a continent that contains remarkable potential. Uh, You know, just as funds are poured into research and advancement in any given field, investments opportunities should be sought out uh, in Africa as well. I mean, what would you say on the incentives?
2: Yeah, well, it gives it gives you an incentive to stay, doesn't it? You know, providing skilled labour with an adequate wage and a quality lifestyle is what will attract talent at home essentially isn't it um, the World Health Organization puts Nigeria doctor to population ratio at 0.3 per hundred uh, per thousand persons mm. mm-hmm. so most African doctors live outside the country with no intention to return like obviously mm-hmm. that that is going to impact the growth it's going to impact you know uh, the your uh, living standard it's going to impact you know so many different things so mm and and uh, you know Nigeria lost around 9000 of its doctors to the united kingdom canada and other countries between 2016 and 2018 yet in their motherland only about 35000 doctors attend to the country's 173 million citizens like look look at that disparity mm. there that's you know of th-
0: course i mean that's um unthinkable i mean i mean P- and of course you know paying attention to you know rural development um, yeah. you know you you know investments in the rural areas will will actually slow down youth migration into urban areas already struggling with unemployed c- citizens uh, focusing funds uh, into the development of agriculture multi you know factoring and tourism will on, will not only create more opportunities but also lead to economic growth Of such places then you know creating opportunities such as you know sufficient funds uh, you know having sufficient funds will help in creating opportunities that retain that talent already present in Africa and will incentivize people with desired skills to return to their homeland as this gives them the chance to put their talents to use you know advance in their careers and make a difference in the life
2: of others Because this is what These investments will do Right And then Mm. it will ultimately Like Aimed What I think it would Probably reverse Brain drain Right You know Mm -hmm. Once those better Opportunities are created It's not just a matter of um you know attracting african exp- uh, expats mm-hmm. home it's uh also maybe even uh attracting talented professionals from developed nations mm. you know who have a passion for the continent and, and find rewards in being challenged to build you know th- there'll be even an opportunity to probably start from the ground up mm-hmm. uh in in a country like that so you know th- these you know all these things we just discussed are, I think this are how is the investments uh, will help aren't
0: it? absolutely and i think this is where there is there's a lot of emphasis from his holiness especially um you know towards and and we have you know um within the community uh you know uh, doctors associations and you know where people um you know who are living here in the west you know they volunteer and they go to let's say africa or you know pakistan or you know any other country you know, they present themselves to the head of the community and say, "Look, we're 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 available for a certain amount of months or you know these days, and we can go and serve." And these people go and do it. Um, and and certain you know people who become doctors, they actually uh, you know the the term used is wakf. Mm. They devote their life for for that very purpose. Yeah. And the whole scheme of wakf, no, the, the devotion scheme that was that was initiated by um, uh, his holiness the fourth caliph the purpose of it was to have doctors teachers mm. you know missionaries of course as uh, that was part of this uh, scheme to convey the message of islam but then you had doctors that could go and serve and you know so the thing this is uh, at the very core of it and i think there's special emphasis uh, that 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 i've seen uh, f- you know his holiness has, has said on mul- multiple occasions that africa is the future of the world mm. um and uh, you know this is um, and i think the potential that's there the the leaders need to recognize that, yeah. right? And and they need to, as, as as we were saying earlier, have you know policies in place that you know not only you know g- that they're able to keep their their you know their um, excelling minds in in their in their country, but attract others to come. Yeah. And 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 be, you know what what isn't there? I mean, I don't know if you've been to I was in Ghana, beautiful weather, you mm. know, beautiful country, um, and, and some of the people that that do go back, uh, you know, <coughs> they you know they realize that you know so i think this is something that 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 you know the the leaders or the uh those that are running the country those that are in power they need to you know th- you know make these decisions and it's not going to be overnight thing yeah. just as it's it's it's, it's been a comp- compound effect yeah. of lack of policies to where they are now it's yeah. going to be you know of course it's going to take years or maybe decades to you yeah. know to to, uh, it, yeah. to fulfill that gap um but, you know, speaking of Islam and we always, you know, the Holy Quran, uh, specifically, uh, you know, in chapter 70, verse 25 to 26, um, says that and those in whose wealth there is a recognized right for one who asks for help and for one who does not. Basically emphasizing on the duty to help those who are not privileged enough. Mm. Right. Um, and an example of investing in opportunities is uh, is when the African Development Bank you know, initiated in 2012. Uh, the Souk Atanmiya, which means, uh, you know, the market for development program to support um, entrepreneurship, right? And um, in 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 Tunisia, Tunisia, of course, um, in in partnership with United Nations agencies, private sectors, donors, and civil society organization. Now, under this program, 61 young uh, entrepreneurs, uh, you know, received grants and coaching to grow to start their businesses with you know approximately four jobs created per uh, per per grantee yeah so that tells you that a total of 276 direct and indirect jobs were created in the first phase of the program so a key lesson learned uh, you know was that you know startups need more assistance in addition to funding to you know ensure uh, survival and this is something that you know, um, uh, you know, it's uh, a great example. Uh, yeah, you know. of course, uh, and 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 the youth, of course, of Africa. You know, we're concluding the program. We've only got about mm-hmm. two minutes to go. Are Africa's greatest asset, and 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 it's and Africa's youth population is rapidly growing and expected to double to over eight hundred and thirty million by twenty fifty. If properly harnessed, um, this increase is you know. Mm-hmm in the working age population could support increased productivity and stronger, more inclusive economic growth across the continent. Um, you know, His Holiness Islam is has served in Africa for about eight years uh, and, and holds immense love for this nation. And he stated once, I truly, I truly believe that the time is fast approaching for Africa to lead the world. And in order to lead the world, it is, it is necessary to bring about revolutionary changes within you every citizen and every leader must put aside their own thoughts and interests in order to strengthen, consolidate and serve the national interests. In a healthy economic system, people would not have to leave their homeland in desperation to seek a better life. Um, This is all we have. Uh, Yeah, that sums it up beautifully, um, you know, uh, that Africa is no less than any other continent uh and it has all the resources and it has uh you know the youth and the people to uh you know they're able enough to you know
2: to Just to not
0: only uh, you know um survive but thrive hmm. and and this is the emphasis uh, that we have within the community um you know um uh, service to humanity is, is 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 a huge thing and i think all of the people that we spoke with today the th- the you know, the two guests uh the conclusion is that you know these people ha- for them to leave the West and go back and serve you know they have in in their heart the love for mankind and you know and 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 to serve man man man, mankind and this is you know the I would say if you know we say the service to God and service to mankind you know the the second most important thing uh, in Islam so we're coming to now up to the news in the second hour we will be uh, discussing another very pertinent topic which is Islam is is reform needed um, so we'll be right back uh, after a short break. as warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text as this is a recording, and lines are now closed. Allah, Allah.
1: You're listening to the Voice of Islam radio Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day
0: Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In the name of Allah the gracious the merciful welcome back to the second hour of drive time at Voice of Islam. Um, in the second hour we'll be discussing whether there is reform needed in Islam what is reform? Uh, Islam provides a complete uh, code of law and guidance not only for Muslims but all for all mankind the Holy Quran is the final book revealed by Allah the Almighty and is the only book only religious book preserved in its authentic form despite the fact that Muslims have the perfect book they have the Holy Prophet's Sunnah his example Their condition is deteriorating day by day which is raising voices suggesting that Islam needs to be reformed but the fact of the matter is that it is Muslims who need to reform They have deviated from the teachings of the Holy Quran, and this is exactly what was prophesied 1400 years ago in the Holy Quran Allah says in chapter 25 verse 31 of the Holy Quran and The Messenger will say oh my Lord my people indeed treated this Quran as a discarded thing. I Mean the Holy Quran, you know (laughs) uh, is for him is we know is a perfect book yep. uh, it serves as a guidance uh, you know for mankind it's the only book that claims to uh, to be for the in, 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 entire ma- mankind we have an example of the Prophet um, you know we know his life uh, you know when when where you know f- from Makkah yep. uh, you know where he where he was born and where uh, you know um, he initiated his claim right mm. uh, Although despite immense persecution, you know he uh, you know the you know the type of life he lived, not just in Makkah, but when he migrated to Medina yeah. after severe persecution, the holy prophet sallam, had, you know had had to migrate to M- Medina. despite all of that, his conduct and his moral values that we have, you know some of them, I think it's is good that we we you know we men- mention here you know let's say you know even at the time of war i mean the first uh, uh you know first commandment of actually defending yourselves right yeah. uh, that you that that permission is being granted uh, to those who have been wronged yeah. and 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 the and the conditions he, ha- he has in place or uh, let's say the rules and regulations of war were those that you know you can't hurt women you can't uh, cut down trees you can't you know um kill any uh you know monks or you know scholars of other, other faiths or destroy their you know places of worship mm. and and the level of forgiveness to an extent that you know when he does conquer makkah and mm. the way he does conquer makkah uh, you know we we, we we know that he uh, he did it uh, we don't find an example in history that someone who was persecuted mm. gets to you know gets to come back and conquer that city and says la ilaha illallah today you know, there 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 would be no compulsion hmm. in 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 today's day day, yeah. and 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 you'll be forgiven, and you are forgiven, right? right? And this impact and this you know short summary of the Holy Prophet, uh, peace be upon him's life. What does it serve as? You know, for you personally, hmm. um, you know, s- and and also seeing you know, uh, in, in today's day and age, uh, the condition of the Ummah. Um, yeah. Ummah referred to the you know the Muslim um, Muslims around the world. Uh, what does this? What does this? What is a message that that, that it gives you personally, and also you know, whether do you think that the Ummah is following the path of the Prophet,
2: or whether you think that reform? Yes, re, you know, reform is needed. Definitely. So, like you know, like we said, we're, we're discussing is there reform needed in Islam, and I think that this happens quite often where people criticize islam Mm -hmm. on based on the actions of muslims and i think that that's often um not the like that distinction isn't made right although yes as muslims the way we act is representative of islam Mm -hmm. however you cannot say that you know for example let's use the football analogy again (laughs) right if a footballer acts in a certain way it doesn't mean that that club Right? Is 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 that actual, uh, you know, acts in that same way, or hasn't mm. talked differently? So I think that that's the 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 first differentiation we need to make mm-hmm. when people ask the question you know a lot of people uh, often say things like oh you know it's it's outdated and things like this but mm-hmm. that's not the case this this is a book that has been unchanged and is for the end of mankind until yeah. the end mm-hmm. and i think that once you start to and i think that comes from a lack of education on the actual mm-hmm. um, religion itself, There's right? no
0: doubt. But, but but the thing is we know that uh from from the religious history uh that you know, prophets are sent by Allah the Almighty to uh, you know reform mm-hmm. uh, nations, and we know that um, there were many there were many prophets before the coming of the Holy Prophet peace yeah. be upon him as well. Um, and you know, they come for a certain they, they they came for certain people, and they came for a certain time, uh, right? And after that, you know, those teachings over time are distorted, yeah. And uh, you know, they're 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 very much different to what the prophet prophet actually taught, yeah. So you know there there's, there's something to do with the the uh, the teaching itself that gets corrupted, but also the moral the morals of that nation yep. also gets corrupted. But this is when the coming when the Holy Prophet peace be upon him came, he claimed to be you know he 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 put himself to be the prophet for the all of mankind, right? And and he put forward. You know, uh, a cl- you know a claim w- which 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 says that this book or this 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 law would be for the end of times, hmm. right? And it it would it, it, it would be be for every creed, every you know uh, color or ev- you know every nation yeah. uh, would be able to follow this. Um, w- now, the you know the coming um, of of of, the, of of the holy prophet peace be upon him. We know the era and the time in in you know the era in in, in you know in which he came. What sort of society that was in which he appeared, right? Mm. We you know we've discussed it numerous of times, you know, no rights for women, you know, uh, treated as piece of cloth, you know, you, you, yeah. you wear and you throw it, throw it away. You know, tr- tribes are fighting, you know, or uh, you know, fighting with each other over you know, smallest of things and yeah. and over generations, right? And he turns this beast like men into, into not only civilized human beings but then into godly people Mm. and that change that 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 this individual brings about um, you know these individuals that come from God bring about tells you that they are they are supported by God right Mm. the the help actually comes from from God of course we're going to discuss this further in um, a bit uh, bit. what we do have on the line with us uh, Haris Zafar uh, who is an Islamic author Uh, public speaker national news commentator and Educator with his brief introduction. I would like to say assalamu alaikum and welcome to the drive-time show
1: Salamu alaikum. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Jazakallah for joining us. Uh, It's a pleasure to have you on. I mean why we're, you know we're discussing this topic of uh, whether Islam needs reform and uh, Why do people actually associate Islam with terrorism and extremism and if it mm-hmm. is a religion of peace and tolerance.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, certainly, um, there have been many folks that have uh, given their opinion on this matter, mm-hmm. um, and it's an ongoing debate that's been raging for more than a decade, or actually two decades.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but there are there's reasons why people associate Islam with terrorism and extremism,
4: mm-hmm.
1: um, and that's because there have indeed been actions omitted mm-hmm. by those calling themselves Muslims, and those actions are repulsive. They're violent, mm-hmm. and they they tear apart the fabric of peace in the world. Mm-hmm. And even if they're small in number, the the actions of such folks are so severe that they they naturally draw the attention of people worldwide. Mm-hmm. And then what becomes uh, the it makes the issue even worse is those actions then are are given wall-to-wall media coverage
6: mm-hmm. because
1: of how uh, extreme they are in nature, and. This is, the, this is the image that the people uh, are, are seeing on mm-hmm. a month-over-month month or year-over-year year basis, uh, as opposed to the images of the vast majority of the Muslim world that are peaceful, law-abiding citizens. And so you have this, uh, this echo chamber that gets created in which people do associate Islam with terrorism, uh, but those who have been taken upon themselves to ask why Mm-hmm. Why are uh, why would Muslims be more ade- um, drawn towards extremism or terrorism? It's mm-hmm. such people that then realize that that's not the case, that mm-hmm. the religion itself preaches peace, pacifism, um, uh, tolerance, uh, and protection of all people, not just Muslims.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but it's not until that conversation emerges that mm-hmm. the truth can actually come.
2: Yeah, and, and so you've you've touched on it a little bit, but um, and, and I discussed it at the beginning of the show. You know, people think that you know Islam uh, can be blamed for the condition of of present day Muslims. What do you think about that? Do you think that uh, Islam can be blamed for the condition of today's Muslims? Is, is the way Muslims today act because of Islam?
1: Um, no, no, not at all. I mean, uh, history teaches that with the passage of time. Um, all religions in the world start to see a decline, even though they're originally established by a prophet of God. And so the majority of followers of a religion begin to move away from its real and original teaching. Mm -hmm. And uh, observing this moral decline, um, that's when it's the practice of God Almighty, that in those periods of darkness, to bring light to the world. And so God Mm -hmm. Almighty will then send His chosen representatives to guide mankind. And the chosen one is then sent by God to either bring a new and improved teaching mm-hmm. or to re- to rejuvenate the original teaching <clears throat> from a previous prophet. And so in the very same way the Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him had prophesied mm-hmm. that the decline of Islam would happen in the future. He said that a time would come when even though so-called Muslim scholars or clerics would exist, mm-hmm. but in reality their state would be impure and would be wholly opposed to the true teachings of Islam. Um, and he said that such people would give far greater precedence to their worldly and materialistic desires instead of to religion.
4: Mm-hmm. And
1: so he himself had said that at such a time, although the words in the text of the Quran are the same, but very few people would understand it and practically implement its true teaching.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And so the mosque would no longer fulfill their true objective, which is the pure worship of God. So. It's not Islam that caused the uh, Mm present-day condition of Muslims. It's actually the absence of true Islam in their heart that's caused this condition.
0: Absolutely. I mean, there is a lot being done as well in terms of removing that, you know, um, let's say stain on Islam's face um, because of the actions of certain Muslims, uh, whether it's the U.S., especially in the West. um, You know, Muslims do raise their voice how can you know non-Muslims actually distinguish? Because you know you you always hear uh, there's not enough uh, condemnation from from other Muslims of these acts, whereas there is you know to be to be honest. How can non-Muslims actually you know distinguish between the actual and the misinterpreted Islamic teachings?
1: Yeah, to your point, there are indeed countless voices for years that have been loudly condemning all mm-hmm. acts of violence, terrorism, extremism. There've been wiki, P, wiki P, uh, pages dedicated to it. There's websites on Muslims condemned mm-hmm. to show how many um, Muslim groups and individuals and leaders condemn terrorism. Yet there still seems to be this uh, this opinion that Muslims don't do that or, or don't mm-hmm. do it enough. I think really, when it um, to distinguish between the actual teachings of Islam and this you know mis- misinterpreted or perversion of Islam, mm-hmm. uh, it, it it can only happen if you go to the source. Uh, understand what the true, documented teachings of Islam state, and what were and what was the impact that that had during the life of the Prophet Muhammad on those early followers. And so, it does require some some thought, some mm-hmm. critical thought and analysis to the um, to the unsophisticated thinker uh, who will just make judgments based off of memes or video clips. It'll be hard for them. To be, to be frank, to distinguish between mm-hmm. the the truth and what the, what's falsehood. But once you see the um, the mm-hmm. vast majority of Muslims acting in a certain way, when you mm-hmm. see websites dedicated to mm-hmm. to communicating what the true teachings of Islam are, mm-hmm. like you know trueislam.com dot com or loveforallhatredfornone.org, you know you, you start seeing what these teachings are really about mm-hmm. and what Muslims are really about. I mean the. The Quran, In the Quran, Allah says about the Prophet Muhammad that we have sent thee as a mercy mm-hmm. and a compassion for all people. So where a person is been sent as a source of mercy, yep. then it's quite obvious that neither he or his true followers could ever prove to be a means of harm or mm-hmm. suffering for anyone mm-hmm. in the world. So what is it that's causing some people to cause suffering? And it's those that are perverting or going away from
0: Mm-hmm. absolutely and you see I mean there is of course every religious scripture uh, you know majority ma- major religious scriptures do have you know um, you know uh, verses you know related to violence uh, and, and and similarly we find you know within Islam as well in in the Holy Quran there are there are certain verses <coughs> that speak about uh, you know defending yourself in in a certain way or so, so, so what would you say you know, about that because a lot of the times what happens is these, these verses are, are taken out of context, out of the his, mm. historical context actually, why and when these verses were revealed and who, who, who were the people, uh, you know, specifically the disbelievers that are stated you know, in, the, in these verses. So what would you say to, to, to the non-Muslims you know, who, who do and, 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 and some of the people that are using these verses are Muslims you know, to, to commit these violent terrorist acts?
1: Um, yeah, I think one um, one of the greatest disservices that people can do is to take a verse and just look at an isolation and not understand, mm-hmm. you know, the 20 verses before, 20 verses after it. And if I could certainly do the same thing um, uh, and take a verse from the Book of Matthew, chapter 10, when Jesus says, "Do not think that I've come to bring peace on the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but the sword." Mm-hmm. So, okay, I could, uh, is it very easy for me to now piggyback off of? And just take that in isolation and say, mm. "Well, I guess Jesus Christ, God forbid, brought the sword and not peace, and he was mm. a violent warrior." But we know that's not true for those of us that have actually understood the life of that holy, that holy person, the holy prophet of uh, of Jesus Christ. So,
4: mm-hmm.
1: what I would say is, you you have to understand the context of whatever is being said, and mm-hmm. when, once you do that, all the all the verses in the Quran talk about how Islam is a very practical religion. Mm-hmm and what to do in a time when war has been thrown upon you, Mm -hmm. when you have been um, attacked physically Mm -hmm. for no crime other than believing in God or worshiping God. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's not that it's a fight over land, Uh, it's just because of your faith or just because of someone else's faith, Mm -hmm. they get physically attacked. What should be the responsibility of Mm -hmm. the believers of God? Mm -hmm. And it gives very clear um, uh, philosophy that if you Mm -hmm. let those bad people run amok, they're going to continue to attack all people of religion all over the world so there has to be an equitable force Mm -hmm. to uh to halt their progress Mm -hmm. and so that requires a physical force but there's so many rules that you cannot transgress you cannot become the cruel uh, and and it's only to bring about universal freedom of conscience for all Mm -hmm. and so that's that's the most important thing to understand is what Mm -hmm. what is the nature and what's the intent behind even you know any type of physical armed conflict
4: mm-hmm. and the
1: Prophet made it very clear. The Quran makes it very clear that it's to stop wars It's
0: mm-hmm.
4: to
1: stop chaos and it's just to institute freedom for all people not just Muslims.
0: Absolutely and lastly I wanted to you know ask you specifically, uh, you know, because you've been in the, you've been a public speaker uh, you know, I've, I've, I think you've s- you've also served, uh, you know as a spokesperson for the uh, for the for, for for the USA Jamaat right yeah, am, am I correct
1: <coughs> uh, yes that is correct
0: yes so <coughs> sorry in your experience uh, you know I especially want to ask you this I mean you know the, 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 the as I said there's been times you know in the last decade especially where whether is the US you know or, 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 or UK we have opportunities to go and defend Islam on you know various you know news channels and 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 various programs do you feel, have, 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 have you felt that people are actually understanding or do you think sometimes there is an agenda uh, to, to, to ask questions in a certain way or, or actually present Islam in a certain way? What has been your experience?
1: Uh, to be honest, there's been a, a bit of both. There mm-hmm. certainly are those that are truly and genuinely trying to understand what is happening in the world and what are practical solutions mm-hmm. to the world's problems. And, uh, and when they hear the solutions provided or offered by Islam uh, and that we within the Ahmadiyya Muslim community um, uh, really focus on, then they're quite drawn to it. And they want to, they want to either embrace it, understand it more, or work together as partners to advance those messages. There have been people that have said that if, uh, if this is what Islam is all about, then the Ahmadiyya mm-hmm. Muslim community is the antidote to ISIS and all these other... Uh, terrorist groups around the world
4: mm-hmm.
1: um, but certainly um, during in my experience my mm-hmm. humble experience I have seen that certainly there are those that aren't through these searching mm-hmm. for an answer and th- there is a certain agenda even if there is an opportunity given to us on their platform to speak about Islam mm-hmm. um, it's clear that it, there is um, a drive towards mm-hmm. a certain narrative that mm-hmm. what is wrong with the Muslim world, mm-hmm. that there is something inherently wrong, inherently backwards and uh, and um mm-hmm. barbaric um but you know the the truth uh, is that you know we we take these opportunities to educate absolutely that uh, there are folks that simply don't understand what Islam truly is about, does it do the values of Islam mm-hmm. conflict with the values of our free western Mm. Uh, societies that we that we all embrace and the truth is that there is no conflict um, mm-hmm. But that's that's a discussion that has to happen
4: mm-hmm. And
1: so whoever gives an our op- platform. I think we should take it Absolutely, but uh, knowing that we may not be on the same page, but it's a, an opportunity to spread uh, a message that everyone needs to hear
0: Absolutely with that Assalamualaikum alaikum and Jazakallah for, for being with us and giving us insight into this very important topic
1: I appreciate your time. Thank you Jazakallah,
0: so alaikum Zero zero right. eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight is the number to call. We're asking you a question uh, and that is whether Islam needs reform, yeah. um, you know, um, whether it's Islam or whether it's the Muslims that, that, that actually need to reform themselves and actually need to bring them, bring themselves back to the original teachings of the Holy Prophet, uh, peace be upon him. Yeah. I mean, speaking of the Holy Prophet, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, may Allah be pleased with him. Um, you know, we know that you know we were speaking you know briefly and and you know historically speaking uh, that the Holy Prophet was the head of state. You know, he was the judiciary. He was, uh, you know, let's say the chief of armed armed forces mm. at the time. Yeah, he had all of these roles. You know, someone who was preaching, education, and and, and doing reforms. All of these things. When we look at you know uh, from the you know from the characteristics of the state of Medina that was that was established by the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, mm. you would find. You know how you know when I, when I was speaking to you about how he 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 changed these barbaric people into civilized human beings. Hmm. It would put into perspective what I'm speaking about. For instance, you know the um, the you know consultation-based system. Now there is a time where these people are, you know they they you know those those who are in charge basically do what they want to do, hmm. right? Autocracy. They they yeah. they have no you know like no such thing man. exactly. They have no such thing of consultation or asking people whereas when it comes to the political system introduced by the Holy Prophet peace be upon him it, it, w- it was based on mutual consultation hmm. and he says that um, and he says that that and, and he made uh, consultation an integral part of the ummah and we find that all major issues were used uh, you know to settle with the discussion in a meeting and this was uh, you know where the various camp- campaigns Holy Prophet consulted the company whether we should go out to defend or whether we should stay in so yeah. all of these cities um, and also the way the holy prophet peace be upon him had uh, you know made an agreement with 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 the people of medina which involved christians and jews mm. and you know a very inclusive society as 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 we you know and lived peacefully uh, you know according to the treaty and it was never it had never not even once was the case that the treaty was ever broken yeah. uh, or compromised by by the Muslims or or, or, or the Prophet of Islam, yeah. it w- it was always from the opposite side, mm. and we see where to to the maximum the Holy Prophet, uh, peace be upon him, you know, uh, practice forgiveness, you know, and, and and this was the means of changing these people's hearts. Yeah.
2: So, so so I have a quick question for you, mm-hmm. right? Okay, so a lot of people will say that okay, for that time yeah. it was appropriate then. Okay, how? It? Okay, you know. Islam yeah. in general, right? Is, mm. You know, it, in this day and age, right? We, you know, we don't need to follow a book or etc. Uh, what would you? What What are some examples that you can give that you know Islam is very applicable today, and and you know how it can actually better your life in okay. today's society, rather than fourteen hundred years ago?
0: I think you got to see what the book book says or mm. what it provides, right? Um, some of the values that we 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 hold dearer to ourselves. Uh, you know, um, what are they, you know, rule of law, equality, transparency, hmm. all of these things were, were, were provided by the Prophet, you know, uh, provided by Islam 1400 years ago. Hmm. For instance, you know, the state of the, uh, the Prophet, peace upon him, was in, enriched with the rule of law. You know, all citizens of this state were basically equal before the law. There was neither discrimination nor privilege. And uh, the Holy Prophet peace upon him was directed to follow the revelation of Allah the Almighty which stated Basically stating that so judge between them what Almighty Allah has revealed and do not follow their inc- inclinations. So there was no such thing as and we have examples of uh, the Holy Prophet peace be upon him giving a verdict in favor of a Jew uh, against a Muslim. Hmm. Right. And you know, it talk, talking of uh, equality, the Holy Prophet peace upon him declared, the people are all are all the children of Adam, and Adam was created from dust. Meaning, saying that we're ir- irrespective of our uh, you know uh, color, tribe, religion, and language, we should be you know we should our, our foundation should should be based upon equality and equ- equity. Hmm. So, all of these things that are there are they not are, are they not compatible with? The society that we want to see t- today. Yeah. So, w- what what I would say to that, and and this is a long question that yeah, that course. that we can cover over, you know, many uh, hours, many many hours. Mm. But the thing that that one needs to see is what is it that the Islam teaches, mm. because you know because that that question stems from that uh, Islam is incompatible with the West yep. or incapa- incompatible with the with, with 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 the life that we live. But but oh. coming to that that question of um you know how does Islam serve us today mm. I mean these are things to do with us living in a society yeah. uh, you know our physical needs we also have our spiritual needs yeah. I mean if you totally deny that we don't have a spiritual self and a life ends here that's totally fine that's yeah. you, know, you you, that's you believe belief, in that yeah. but many people believe uh, know and, and have experienced that th- there's a lot more to them than this phys- phys- physical life yeah so for that s- for the for that s- spiritual life Islam also caters yeah. And it says that there is a God that you need to worship. You know, you need, you need, you need to obey. And let's, let's go uh, uh, you know, away from Islam. You know, we say whether in this society, uh, you know, we, we need a religious book. Hmm. The very laws that are in place in this very society that you're speaking of yeah. were the laws given by a religion. Yeah. It was Christianity. Yeah. It, was, it, it was Christianity that, 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 that gave the West. And of course, uh, you know, specifically speaking about the laws and, and things that are in place. So, so you can't say that religion, you know, um, it's not compatible, uh, you know, or it can't be compatible. Definitely. Yes, certain, um, if religion is defined as how certain I- individuals portray it to be, yes, no. You yeah. know, we, we, we agree if how Islam is portrayed by, uh, you know, the mindset of those, uh, you know, who have the mindset of ISIS. Of course, it's not compatible. That's not the Islam that we're speaking about. Yeah. We're speaking about the Islam of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. But let's come back to the topic, which yeah. is whether um, reform is needed. Yes, right. Um, well,
2: so I, th- I think you know the, the the fundamental of Islam is is the Holy Quran, and you know it, Muslims believe it to be the perfect book. Mm-hmm. So um, the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, Hazrat Mirza Khulam Ahmed. Uh, A.L.O.B.S. um writes in his book, Malfazat, volume 1, page 37 to 38. Yep. He says, um, One benefit of this is that the Holy Quran possesses within itself every necessary teaching. Its tenets are more than sufficient to uproot every false doctrine or ill teaching that could possibly exist in the world. This is the deep wisdom and power of Allah the Exalted, since this perfect book was destined to bring about perfect reformation, it was necessary mm-hmm. for the spiritual disease to be at its peak at the time and place of its revelation as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned that, didn't you? Um this is this was so that the perfect so that a perfect remedy could be provided for each and every malady. As such, this peninsula was home to aiding people of all sorts who suffered from every Spiritual illness, that was to um, a, um, an addict to the the people of that age or those of future generations. Mm-hmm. This is why the Quran brought all religious law to its perfect to its perfection at the time of revelation of other books neither was this needed nor did they possess mm-hmm. possess such a perfect teaching Absolutely. so it, he's clearly saying that you know it's it's there was a bad situation like mm. you know it needed to be an extreme yes. um situation to for a perfect you know response yes. and, and guidance
0: of course, I mean, um, you know, talking of um, religious reformer. Um, b- before we actually go to the guests very, mm-hmm. very, very briefly speaking about it's not just Islam that that's, you know that speaks about um, you know reformation mm. or you know reformers coming. You know, the uh, you know the uh, the you know the 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 religious beliefs with reg- with, with regards to the um, to the end of times mm. uh, mentioned. Uh, you know. In nearly all religions, they, they they actually contain you know prophecies uh, concerning the advent of a savior messiah, hmm. right, w- to relieve the world of social, moral, and spiritual ills. For instance, the Hindus are you know they await the com- the re-advent of Krishna. You've got Russians who believe in the coming of uh, victorious Sorshant. They refer to him as that. The prophet Buddha also predicted the coming of Mathia. The Jews have been waiting for over three thousand years for the descent of Elijah to be followed by a Jewish prophet, Mm -hmm. while Christians await the reappearance of Jesus. And the Muslims believe that Imam Mahdi, the rightly guided leader, will be born from among the Muslims, and later the Messiah will descend from the heavens uh, near the end of times. And the Sikhs also, uh, you know, the founder of Sikh religion, Baba Guru Nanak, also predicted the advent of a great reformer. So, I mean, the question... That that we we, we will discuss late later on. Mm. Uh, but the first thing that we have answered is yes, this universal search for a reformer is there. Yeah. But the question that we're going to ask is how is it possible that mankind would would recognize the latter days, and how is it possible that all of these diff- different reformers yeah. would come for these different religions? Religions, right? religions right? the only sense it? that that we can make out of it, it is only referring to one individual mm. that's going to come and and unify the world yeah. and under under one faith. So, b- b- before we actually dis- dis- discuss that, we do have on the line our next esteemed guest. We have uh, on the line Sayyid Labib Ahmad Janood Sahib, who is a missionary serving uh, in the US. Uh, with short introduction Assalamu alaikum, wa wa may peace and blessings of Allah be upon you. Walaikum as salam, wa rahmatullahi wa
6: barakatuhu.
0: JazakAllah for joining us. Um, straight to the questions. Um, oh, no, actually, we should ask you, how are you doing today? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing very, we're well, t- I'm too doing too very much, well. We're too much. We're too much used to uh, you know just uh, r- running into questions <laughs> and you know trying to get the answers. Yeah, ask him how he is. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> Everything's no, 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 good I out there.
6: Like yeah, Alhamdulillah, it's, uh, it's been great. Um, just I uh, wanted to first of all actually thank you for giving me the opportunity to come on the show. Well, thank you uh, so much. You know, it's,
0: it's, <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you on. Um, the questions that we have. Um, I mean, the first question you wanted to ask you was why. You know, was there a need for a reformer uh, in Islam when Muslims have the Holy Quran as a perfect guidance among them? And it, it is, of course, one of the questions that we're often asked, isn't it?
6: Um, it is. And, you know, it's, it's a tough question because it can stir a lot of debate um, in regards to, you know, divine uh, inspiration and whatnot. But to keep mm-hmm. it simple, yep. um, you're 100% correct when you say that the Holy Quran is a complete and perfect source of guidance. Mm-hmm. But uh, whenever the topic for the need of a reformer comes up, we should always ponder upon the sayings of the Holy Prophet Muhammad. Mm-hmm. Um, after all, he was the perfect being who was deemed worthy enough of receiving this perfect guidance and then conveying it to the people. Mm-hmm. So he is reported to have stated that surely God will continue to raise for this Ummah at the head of every century someone who will restore for it its faith. Mm-hmm. So it appears from this that the Holy Prophet of Islam was aware that the need for reformation will recur every hundred years. So to anyone who asks this question, they are in fact questioning the Holy Prophet ﷺ, asking mm-hmm. why did the Holy Prophet have the understanding that people could stray from true guidance when the Qur'an was among them? So what this statement really is,
4: mm-hmm.
6: is it's actually an amplification of the promise made by God in the Holy Qur'an,
4: mm-hmm.
6: that Inna lahu لَهُ la Hafizun. that surely we are going to be the guardian of the Qur'an. So as promised in this hadith, spiritual reformers were to arise at the turn of each century Mm -hmm. because evils would arise from a failure to understand the meanings of the Holy Qur'an. After all, if the Holy Qur'an was to suffer interpolations, extrapolations, and misinterpretations, it proves it to be a dead book.
4: Mm
6: -hmm. So even if we conveniently ignore the Prophet's saying, we can't ignore facts as we see them. So if we were as spiritually well-off as the Muslims were at the time of the Holy Prophet ﷺ, uh, we could have potentially been trusted to go on without divine guidance, and we would not have needed to pay any attention to any claimant to spiritual office. But what can be observed today is not really the case.
0: Absolutely. I mean, the very reason that you know, there are countless sects within Islam you know, a- actually points to uh, you know, the very question of reform. And you know whether we need a reformer, um, and um, and if there were, if and uh, you know you beautifully put it there, that you know if there weren't these sects, and if if there weren't that much division in Islam, then yes, we could say that you know there's no need for a reformer. We have the perfect book. But despite having the perfect book, people have their own interpretations mm. and have own own way of thinking. Um, going to the uh, second question.
2: Yeah, um, so how did the promised Messiah uh, uh, prove this superiority of the Holy Quran? Could you tell us more about that?
6: So, no, of course. So the promised Messiah, firstly, he emphasized how the Holy Quran was a complete and perfect book that could not be detracted from. Mm-hmm. He states, uh, and I, I'll paraphrase, that he has complete confidence that the Holy Quran is that authentic and final word of God in which man has absolutely no involvement Mm -hmm. not even to the extent of a dot or a stroke Mm -hmm. in all its context in all its words and all its meaning it is from God Almighty in totality and there is no sect of Muslims who has any excuse not to accept it as such Mm. it is each and every word it's each and every word sorry has an excellent order and continuation and succession. Mm-hmm. And it's an immutable revelation that will always remain safe from any kind of change or interpolation. Aside from this, um, the Promised has also made claims that God Almighty has actually raised him so that he can expose to the world the hidden treasures that are buried in the Holy Quran. Mm-hmm. And it's also incumbent upon him to purify and cleanse those treasures of, of the muck of criticism that has been thrown onto it by the opponents of Islam.
4: Mm-hmm.
6: So, um, not only just these claims of the Promised Messiah, mm-hmm. prove him to be um, mm-hmm. the the greatest individual to prove the superiority of a scripture, yep. he, um, he actually also, in fact, claims that it is God himself who has taught him these things.
4: Mm-hmm.
6: You know, there's other Muslims who believe that there are certain verses of the Holy Quran which are not applicable in today's day and age.
0: Abrogated, but
6: as I say, the yeah. Promised Messiah, is actually the one who... Prove that no, each and every verse of the Holy Quran is still applicable and will be applicable till the end of time.
0: Mm-hmm. Very interesting. I mean, it it actually reminds me um, um, of of you know there, there's many incidents from the life of the Holy Prophet, but um, you know from the time of the Holy Prophet when uh, you know the Bishop of Lahore, who it, it was, I think Bishop Lefroy um, you know, who he gave le- le- lectures on Isa being the you know the ini inno- the only in innocent Prophet. It was you know the Holy Prophet peace uh, you know the uh, it was the Prophet that I actually you know challenged him um you know to a debate um you know to come forward. And there there are many such challenges within with within within the lifetime of the uh Prophet to prove the superiority of the Holy Quran. The very un understanding of the, you know, various concepts, just as you referred to here of, you know, ab abrogation of certain verses, the Prophet said um, you know, from 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 the bar of Bismillah to the uh, scene of Anas, not even a you know a single uh, you know dot or you know not, not not even a single word has has been changed or abrogated. So this is the beauty, uh, you know, of Islam that was you know reestablished by uh, the promised Messiah, peace may, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Moving forward, um, I mean, I mean the the question on the significance of a reformer. Um, what is it? What is the significance of a reformer in you know in the world religions?
6: Um, I believe you you also did touch upon this earlier. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but we see, I mean, we can see, and we know that throughout history, uh, man has always been guided to the correct path, and then eventually that authentic teaching has been deteriorated, and man has strayed from that correct path. And whenever this has occurred. God, it's been God's unchangeable law that he has always shed his light upon mankind in order for there to be a sense of unity and oneness among them once again.
4: Mm-hmm.
6: And it so happens that that reformer is usually and always from among themselves.
4: Mm-hmm.
6: So it is the universal hope of all religions that people will ultimately unite as one nation Mm-hmm. and for the most part they all contain prophecies concerning the advent of a special religious personality in the latter days and uh, mm-hmm. as mentioned earlier the Hindus await the reappearance of the Lord Krishna mm-hmm. um, they believe that when the world is in darkness Krishna will return in the form of new avatar mm-hmm.
4: uh,
6: the Buddhists around the world also attach great significance to the next advent of Buddha who is going to be Maitreya, that is the unifier of the world mm-hmm um, and then, of course, the similar course uh, for the Jews who are waiting for the Messiah to appear. Mm. And then the Christians and even Muslims who are awaiting the, um, you know, the descent of Jesus.
4: Mm-hmm.
6: So Absolutely. as far as significance goes, we can see that every major religion is waiting for their respective champion to come into the world, um, lead them to ultimate victory, and finally create that peace in the world that it lacks today.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, one question that that, you know, just comes to mind is how is it possible that, you know, with all these major religions, you know, talking of a divine personage to come, uh, you know, and 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 there is no there's no there's no consensus about his identity. So, are we saying there's going to be different people, uh, you know, people coming for different faiths, or does it signify something? Of course, you know, it it doesn't make sense that you know, l- l- you know, all these different individuals are coming and calling to diff- all d- d- different all these different paths. Uh, you know um and and stating you know so how how would that make sense to people when 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 you have you know six different you know people calling towards six different paths
6: so that 's where we need to kind of open our minds and we mm-hmm. need to realize that okay, if we do believe that there is one higher authority who is going to be uh, responsible for uniting the people or you know responsible for sending someone to help unite the people
4: mm-hmm.
6: um, it it just comes down to understanding that uh, if there is one single goal of each of these individuals who has been prophesied in each of these religions, mm-hmm. then it, there's a very high possibility that it could be just the one person who says that, no, I have come in the form of such and such person." So the, the Prophet Messiah, in Islam has actually made this claim as well. He says that, you know, I am the Krishna of the Hindu, and you know, I am the Messiah that the that the Christians wait. I am the 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 next Mm -hmm. so for someone to make these claims Mm -hmm. um and say that you know i have come for you i have not come for just one single person i've come for everyone Mm -hmm. that in itself should prove that there's not going to be multiple people because even if there were multiple people it would become sort of like a clash for
4: someone Mm
6: -hmm. um to rise to power and have all the power that they can receive
2: Mm -hmm. yeah and, and you know we discussed it earlier as well but um about Islam being blamed for the condition of present day Muslims, but um you know Islam actually teaches about self reformation, so do you do you have any advice for our listeners on how we can implement that in our daily lives?
6: Technically speaking, we could take it head on and uh, you know go to the fundamentals of Islam and say, uh, you have to pray five times a day and believe in the articles of faith and try to strive, you know just be the best person that you can, but it goes deeper than that. Uh, In one sense, Islam is actually the name for the ultimate self-reformation. And Mm -hmm. that's the whole point of the claim of the Holy Quran, uh, which it extends to any and all of its readers, that it uniquely possesses the desperately needed quality of bringing about a matchless transformation within the reader. And I think that that's what makes Islam such a fascinating religion. Mm -hmm. So Islam begins by articulating that first and foremost, an individual has to be willing to be completely honest to themselves about themselves. Mm-hmm. There's a level of humility required for self-reformation. Mm-hmm. You know, nowadays we hear the word vulnerable a lot. Mm-hmm. You should be vulnerable. It's only when we actualize just how deep in the water we are and how helpless we are that the magic of the human soul is stirred and we are able to truly implore for help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any individual, Islam promises, Who is willing to use his or her God given faculty of a self x ray or a self MRI Hmm. and is honest about acknowledging what is wrong and finally is willing to genuinely and sincerely seek strength from the one who created him or her will always and has always undergone a miraculous transformation. Um so the Holy Quran actually commands us by Zafar we aren't supposed to sit idle as there are endless vistas of spiritual progress that lie ahead. So, having mm-hmm. scaled one peak, we are told to strive to climb the next. And this can be summarized profoundly in the word, Man mm-hmm. Arafa Fakad Arafa That one who truly recognizes his own self, his own weaknesses, his own mm-hmm. vulnerabilities, mm-hmm. it is as though he is now capable of recognizing his Creator.
0: Very, very, very in- interesting. And lastly, um, you know, s- uh, before we actually, uh, you know, we only got about 10 minutes to go, but we know we've really been benefiting from this, of course. Um, lastly, you know, speaking about, you know, uh, a reformer, what change is it that the promised Messiah, peace be upon him, has, has brought, uh, not just within Islam, but, you know, uh, you know, on, on, a, on, on a universal level, um, what is it that he has given to the world? Because w- the claim of the promise Messiah uh, is that, may Allah be pleased with him, is that he is the promised reformer that you was know, prom- prom- promised for Christians, for the Jews, for the Muslims, you know, for the Hindus. to And he's come to you know unite the entire man- mankind. When people ask you this question, what do you say?
6: Um, I believe that the, the promise Messiah, just the fact that he has come and has claimed that he has been taught by, by God Almighty and has been... Um, revealed the hidden verities That are in the Holy Quran mm-hmm. And has then conveyed them to us mm-hmm. um, That in itself Is the biggest Reformation that could be brought about For the Muslim ummah. Mm-hmm.
4: Um,
6: you know it's funny Just because the other day um, I was actually on Twitter mm-hmm. And uh, you know I was seeing there's Someone was asking a question mm-hmm. uh, That is it permissible To pour boiling water On the ground or down the drain? Because you know, you might accidentally kill the jinn. Or you know, <laughs> is it actually a possibility? Yeah, I, I, for I came a across
0: that as well. a height? Yeah, I came across right? that so, fattah, yeah.
6: so it's it's very sad to see that, mm. you know, we've come to this state where Islam has become basically a fairy tale or, mm. you know, folklore. Mm. So just the fact that the promised Messiah has explained these things in detail and has very profoundly explained what the reality is of things. Mm-hmm. Just has taken us away from you know living in a fairy tale world absolutely. Or has taken a w- us away from asking these types of questions and has actually allowed us to be able to you know take a step further as i said mm-hmm. that we're actually able mm-hmm. to strive to the next peak as soon mm-hmm. as we've climbed one
0: absolutely i mean. Jazakallah I mean it was a pleasure speaking to you uh, brother Labib um, and it's not the last time we're going to have you on we'll be in contact inshallah thank you so much uh, for joining us and giving us your time and talking about this important topic
6: Jazakallah Jazakallah for having me
0: (laughs) Jazakallah Assalamualaikum 0208-687 7878 is the number to call we only have about 8 minutes to go but that question um, of you know what change did the promised Messiah peace be upon him bring I think the question would be what change is it that prophets bring, right? Yeah. What What is it? I mean, from from that level, what is it that when they come to the world, because that is the criterion upon which we need to judge a claimant. Mm.
4: Um,
0: you know, when the Holy Prophet peace be upon him came, what what change did he bring? You know, um, and and this is you know we, this, this is how we need to judge uh, you know someone else's claim and and his life. And this is what what the promised Messiah, peace be upon him, has also stated. I mean, talking of uh, you know, s- beautifully mentioned by uh, Imam Labib you sahib know, where he you know speaking about some of the concepts that the Muslims had, or even some of them that they have now, mm. it just it, it it brings ridicule to Islam, yeah. right? For instance, you know the the whole question of jinn, and you know the the way that is presented, some of you know uh, you know someone you know physically being raised to the heavens, yeah. right? Uh, and and Although that being completely in contrary to, to, to the Holy Quran, right? Um, be, be believing in the coming of the second, you know, second, fifth physical coming of Isa as-Salam, All of that, you know, uh, when we see in context, we find that it, it was the promised Messiah, peace be upon him, at a time when, uh, you know, those who know the historical context of India, when the promised Messiah Salam, came, and and how the Christian missionaries were working, and how they were converting, you know, hundreds of thousands of Muslim Muslims to Christianity. Mm-hmm. N- he didn't just he didn't just uh, you know uh, challenge those within India, yeah. But he says in 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 his book, The Victory of Islam for the Islam, that the twelve thousand registered letters were were sent to the uh, you know the religious leaders as well as the uh, the founders of various you know organizations or you know the elders of. Of of these organizations Hmm. to come and 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 test for yourself this claim of mine in Guardian and they were to live at his expense and we found some of these examples within UK you know as well as in America Um, you know these individuals actually coming across um, you know one example I would would, would give you know those who know uh, Alexander Vassal Webb Hmm. is probably known as one of the most prominent Muslims at the time uh, you know he his entire journey to islam you know it is, is starts uh with uh, you know with the with, with they w- you know with uh, the message of the prophet muhammad peace be upon him yeah. that that he comes 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 across in india uh in in the us uh you know uh, where he finds this the, this leaflet uh, you know stating that you know those who want to test islam as 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 being the true faith uh, you know, should uh, should 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 be in con- uh, should should be in contact or come mm-hmm. come to Qadian, and we find th- you know in 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 the book of the Promised Messiah known as Shanai there there is a correspondence between him and the Promised yeah. Messiah, Islam, right? And there are various other individuals that actually came to uh, to Qadian and met the Promised Messiah, peace be upon him. So I always say, what is it that a messenger is required to do by Allah the Almighty? Yeah. Ma ilaik. Convey the message yeah. that has been, you know bestowed to you by Allah the Almighty that is their job they, they are not to compel people to believe right when the Holy Prophet uh, may al- peace and blessings of Allah be upon him passed away yeah. nearly the entire Arab deserted and left hmm. right and we know that it the the, the efforts of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq and, and how he reestablished Islam yeah so the reality is that the Prophet's job is only to convey the message and he brings up b- and, and he of course establishes the community in a way that there are people then who are capable to take that message forward. Yeah. And the Prophet Messiah beautifully explains this and, and, and he says as well in his, in his book, The Will, which he wrote five years before his demise, where Allah informed him of his demise. And he said yeah. that I have to go. He says, Prophet comes to sow a seed and, uh, and, and when that seed grows and it, it, it has not yet turned in, 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 into a tree hmm. that he has to pa- he, he has to go.
2: Definitely, uh, and um I just to add to that, um, I think that uh, you know the, the message needs to come, and but the the thing is, is that the, why do we need reform? Because I feel I feel like the best way to describe its it's been overcomplicated right mm. that that original very simple very clear message mm-hmm. has been over yes. complicated by people like you know like what um Imam Labib said you know, mm-hmm. the, the superstitions the ran- and random fairy things tales. that people like Absolutely. associate with it it's it's, it's because of that over complication mm-hmm. that you know that's why you need a reformer who can come and say mm-hmm. hey look this is an over complication or this is culture mixed with religion this is what God was actually trying to say this is what the message was that was being communicated Absolutely. so for the question that we have today you know is there a need for a reform I would say yes you know absolutely's been completely and we also reform.
0: asked on our on our Instagram page uh, the ways of Islam page why was a reformer sent and and some of the answers that we've had was because Muslims forgot what Islam is and um, and then we have uh, someone who said to reform us uh, uh with an exclamation mark <laughs> Ref- <laughs> Reformation was is very much needed Re- and then we have Abdul Tawab Al Alabius who, who states that the reformer was sent because of the misunderstandings, misunderstanding of the Holy Quran and uh, the teachings. Um, I think that's what what he said. So with that, we you know, we're coming to the end of the program. It, this topic needs more time. I think it needs two hours or <laughs> more. Uh, but you know, um, we've covered a lot. Uh,
2: we've learnt a lot, um, you know, especially from our, you know, esteemed guests. Um, and so if people want to know more. They can contact us, right? Like you know, we can talk about it in more detail. It's, it's absolutely,
0: absolutely. So um, you know, coming to the, uh, we're coming to the end of the, you know, pro program. The Holy Quran, you know, we know that contains all the essential teachings required for the reformation of people. Our, our, our reformer is therefore needed to bring people back to their religion and to make them understand the true teachings of the Holy Quran. This is something that is prof- was prophesied by the Prophet. We believe that the founder of the Hamdi Muslim community, Azamirza Ghulam Ahmad, may Allah him, is a reformer of the age whose advent was prophesied in the religious scriptures. He appeared at a time when Muslims had forgotten the teachings of the Holy Quran. This task of the reformation of Muslims is still ongoing under the shade of his successor, Hadmirza Masur Ahmad, may his helper, the current uh, Caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. Um, you know this is a very uh, interesting topic that we we're, we're currently discussing in, in in the two hours that you know we've had with you uh, we've learned a lot so we would like to thank um, the you know, like to thank the producers as uh, as as well as the guests the team guests that we had and of course my co-host uh, Fahim thank you for join, joining uh, and you know helping me out in this difficult task uh, and of course the tech team that make this project uh, possible with this. Asalaamu Alaikum Wa Rahmatullahi Wa barakatuh.